I am joined by Blake Rasmussen uh, of Wizards of the Coast. Blake, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, Blake, for those of our listeners who don't quite know who you are, could you please go into a little bit about who you are and what you do for the company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my my job title is officially Senior Communications Manager. Um, what that means is that when we talk to fans across a number of different mediums, be it social media or web, or um, I even work with our, our PR side a bit. Ba- basically, when we talk to the fans, those words and, and all the things we say and what we want to communicate goes through uh, me and our team. So um, the, the Daily MTG team is is on my squad. Uh, the community managers are uh, on my team. Um, we work closely with PR, um, uh, press relations specifically there. Uh, and then we work with the marketing teams really closely. And... Um, the the other thing I do, of course, is I say, of course, like everybody knows this, but I host <laughs> uh, Weekly MTG, which is our weekly show where we share news and, and insights into everything. OK, great. Um, diving right in uh, about a, not quite a week ago from the date of recording, uh, Alchemy, the newest format to hit arena launched. Um, so the, it's the digital only format with brand new digital only cards. And we just had a handful of questions that weren't quite covered in the Q and a, uh, from the original announcement. First and foremost, uh, one of the most notable things about the format is that there not only will there be digital only cards, but existing cards from standard sets will be errated for rebalancing. Can you tell us a little bit about who is on the team to be deciding those changes? Yeah, so it's a lot of the same people that um, work on our uh, our BNR lists and announcement. Um, people from uh, we call them Studio X. Uh, so the, there is an article written on December second uh, by Donald Smith. He's one of the primary people who's involved in a lot of those rebalances. Dave Humphreys came on the show when we introduced Alchemy. He's involved. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of the names and faces that you'll recognize uh, from a lot of those those card balance um, BNR conversations in the past. Okay. Um, and along that same trail, what is it that that team is going to be looking for to make those changes, to inform the decisions about those changes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Donald's article, again, I'll, I'll point people there because it covered a bit of this. Um, he, he espoused a bit of a philosophy that the team is starting out with. Um, of course, this will develop as, as we see how alchemy goes and how we see how those changes affect the format and, and kind of where they want to take things. But initially, uh, what they're doing is they're looking at uh, when cards or decks become overrepresented in a format, that's when they'll look to weaken cards. Now, the flip side of that is strengthening cards. Um, that will be more a thing where they look at what players are actually playing with that are not necessarily um, at a competitive level. So these are these are cards that players have uh, redeemed wild cards for or that are showing up in a lot of 
uh, decks that are less competitive um, and, and looking at what people are actually playing and enjoying but not necessarily having success with, and then pulling those up a little bit more so that they can further enjoy those. Um, the other caveat to all of this that um, we tried to make a little bit clear, but but got a little bit lost in the noise, I think, is that we're not going to be rebalancing cards that have significant history behind them. So a lot of these are going to be things like reprints. So it, again, in the article, Donald Smith cited like Thalia, Guardian of Thraben, Lotus Cobra, Thought Seas, negate um, cards that we are intimately familiar with and have been familiar with for a long time. Changing those cards is just, it's too weird. Um, and it's not something that they're likely to do. They'd look in other spaces. Okay. Um, this is a bit of an odd question, but in addition to any changes that are made to the format, is is there an expectation of an actual banned or suspended list like we've seen? Or will all of that type of change just be handled by rebalancing those cards? So a banned list is not off the table. Um, you, you can look historic right now currently still has a banned list. Um that's that's kind of a, a a measure of last resort. What will likely happen, and again, all of this is sort of subject to change based on play patterns and alchemy, reactions to changes, all of that sort of stuff. The, the team's still learning how and what people like um, and don't like about the format and the rebalances. And so what's most likely to happen is if a card becomes problematic in some way, first it will be weakened in some way. So we'll, we'll take Alrin's Epiphany as an example. So Alrin's Epiphany was weakened as part of the initial change to cards. Now, if for some reason the Alrin's Epiphany deck, even in Alchemy, even after Alrin's Epiphany was weakened, is still a problem, the team could look to just ban it and say, you know what, this card just, you know, we tried to weaken it, it didn't work, let's just take it out. That is a possibility. I think the preference, the great preference, is to let people play with the cards that they have in some form or fashion, um, to to adjust them in a way or adjust the metagame in a way that um, they they can still be a healthy part of the rotation. But we don't want to take that tool off the table um, because we want to make sure ultimately that it is a fun and enjoyable experience uh, for anyone who's playing it. Okay. Um, a lot of the prominent community figures, uh, the content creators, have expressed some concerns that because this format is going to, any changes to cards uh, will be relying so heavily on errata or the format itself will be relying so heavily on it, that it's possible design for standard sets or for standard format will be a little a little less carefully done. Uh, what would you or what would the company say to alleviate those concerns? So standard sets are still primarily designed for standard. So let's take Crimson Vow as an example, because Crimson Vow is our first set that has an alchemy set attached to it. Uh, Crimson Vow was not designed as a set for alchemy. So that's what the alchemy drops really do. Um, those are the sets that are, those are the, they're not full sets. They're, you know, they're going to be 30 cards. Those are the ones that are designed for the alchemy format. They still have to 
and will balance cards for the standard format. That's not going away. Um, you know, as paper play opens up, we expect to see more standard play coming. Standard is still incredibly heavily played on arena. You know, standard best of one right. has been the pardon the pun, the standard mode of play <laughs> on arena for its entire life. And so it's not, it's not like, oh, now we have alchemy and we can change cars later. Standard is still a major format and, and it is not worth breaking standard to then fix it in alchemy because, because standard is still its own thing. And, you know, standard doesn't get alchemy cards in paper. That's, that's the whole point. And so it's, it's, it's not worth breaking a paper format to uh, try to make alchemy something different. Understandable. Um, speaking of just the way that the cards are handled from historic to uh, from historic to standard to alchemy, one of the other concerns that was raised recently was the fact that a card that is errated for alchemy is also errated the same way for historic, and there is no option to just play with the regular version of those cards, or there's no difference between historic and historic alchemy. Um, what led mm -hmm. to that decision to just port that change over instead of giving the second option? Sure. So it's a complex answer because there are a lot of factors, but I'll, I'll try to go over some of the big ones. Um, First of all, Historic was always, from the get-go, envisioned as a digital-first format. That was that was in the original announcement. Uh, I think we called it a digital playground, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but what we didn't have at the time that we launched Historic were the tools that Alchemy has to, to rebalance and to add digital-only cards. Um, and so... It was always in historic was always envisioned as what we're now calling a live format. So we 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 call them tabletop formats and live formats. Alchemy is a live format. Historic is a live format. Standard is a tabletop format. Um, if one day we're able to get Pioneer up and running on Arena, that would be a tabletop format. Um, so when we're talking about live formats, historic has always been envisioned that way. However, we know that a lot of players like Historic for essentially just being the, the eternal format on Arena, where you can play um, all your cards. The, the metagame churn is a little bit less frequent than Standard, certainly less frequent than Alchemy. Um, and also there's this sense of like, my card did nothing wrong in Historic. Why is it worse now? Um, and, and that's certainly understandable. Part of the issue is that historic, I alluded to this earlier, where standard best of one um, and, and standard play generally make up the bulk of arena play and, and have for the life of the game. Historic makes up a fraction of that, a, a certainly significant fraction, but a fraction. Splitting standard into standard and alchemy splits a large pool of players. Uh, splitting historic into historic and historic alchemy, for uh, lack of a better term, uh, would split a smaller group of players. So it's not off the table, certainly. Uh, the arena team is, is definitely aware of that thought, aware of that feedback. Um, but 
uh, you're looking at splitting a, a much smaller group of people, which you know we've we've talked about in the past when we launched things like historic brawl or or brawl initially mm-hmm. or just basically anytime we've launched a format, we've talked about the difficulties in, in splitting a player base. Right. And of course the player base continues to grow. So as the player base continues to grow, splitting formats becomes easier. So I'm not well versed enough in the like what's the threshold of historic players that we need to split it into two formats. Um, But I know that it's something that the team is looking at closely because again, it is disappointing when you're like, well, you know, my Asika's chariot didn't really do anything wrong in historic. Why, why is it being affected? Um, But it is part of the, the vision that historic is this live digital playground and we started kind of dipping our toes in that earlier um, with Historic, very purposefully. So Jumpstart Historic Horizons was really the the first part where we started doing that. So at that point, uh, Jumpstart Historic Horizons was the first set to introduce digital-only mechanics. So, so things like Seek had their start there. Those went into Historic. The Historic format survived. Um, we actually had our first rebalances affected cards from Jumpstart Historic Horizons. Historic continued on. Um, that's not to say that how people are feeling about this this kind of very large change to Historic isn't isn't totally valid. Um, you know, there are concerns that too many changes is going to affect are going to affect Historic in in ways that are unattended. Um, and so the the team is looking at all of that really closely. And they're they're watching how people play and interact with alchemy and historic since the release, and then they'll they'll make some decisions based on those play patterns um, and feedback at some point. Okay. Uh, following that same train, uh, and the other major historic concern regarding alchemy is that when those cards do get uh, nerfed or rebalanced let's just say chariot for example since that's the one you went with um there's no there's no sorry about your cards <laughs> from from arena mm-hmm. uh like no reward for no return of wild cards for example like there have been with bans in the format um is that just because mm-hmm. the card is still technically legal in the format or is that something that might change later Um, I mean, the thing with Arena and, and Magic generally is everything's subject to change later. If if we think there's good reason and, and we think there's enough will for it and it makes sense and, and all of that stuff. Um, so is it possible it changes in the future? Absolutely. Um, I, I was talking to someone else about this exact thing earlier today, and um, the... there are a lot of implications in this beyond just just doing it. So that that need to be worked out. So let me give you a couple examples. So let's say that the player population loves alchemy and love and like really enjoys rebalances. This is this is just all being hypothetical at this point in time to the point where every month we change four cards um make them worse we change four cards make them better so something like we did with the launch of alchemy i don't think it'll be that frequent but but let's say that that's where we end up um that is on a uh 
fully stocked account, 16 wild cards back for a card that is still playable, that isn't gone. Um, that has then further downstream effects on the economy because the economy is built around X number of wild cards per player, get redeemed, get purchased, come back, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a lot of assumptions that the entire economy is built on um, that have to do with wild card redemptions and that sort of thing. So uh, it has a lot of downstream effects, and I don't think you could see just that change implemented in a vacuum, it would have to come with other changes to then rebalance the economy. Again, it's not off the table. We have to see what player behavior is like, et cetera, et cetera. Now take the other, you know, far side of that. Say alchemy just, um, you know, right now people seem to be enjoying it. Nobody's like, ah, this is broken. We need to stop this. Let's say that continues and we actually don't rebalance that often. And we end up rebalancing... Um, about as often as we would do a BNR in the past, okay. you know, every few months, couple right. times a year, sort of thing. In that scenario, re re gift or refunding wild cards for cards that are made worse um, are is, is far less of a change to the economy. It's 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 not nearly as much of an upheaval. So part of it is we just kind of have to wait and see how things pan out how how frequent the changes are in alchemy um a lot of what the team is doing right now is gathering data on how players are interacting with alchemy and historic how much are people playing how many wild cards are they redeeming what are they redeeming wild cards for are they sitting on their wild cards what sorts of uh are they playing best of one best of three are they playing more than they used to are they playing less than they they uh they used to and so when you're talking about making large changes to the economy it is so much better to do that with mountains of data behind it rather than um making guesses as to what might work because honestly like one change might make something worse uh and people who are much better at math than i am could probably <laughs> articulate that better um so it's 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 not off the table by any stretch of the imagination, but the team still has a lot to learn about how people interact with alchemy, with the new cards, um, how the economy as a whole reacts. Uh, I know it's a bit of a buzzword right now, just talking about the arena economy, um, but it really True. is a, a vast complex system where one change can have a bunch of other unintended changes. All right. Uh, our last question regarding alchemy is that the is about the competitive aspect of it. Uh, this whole year has been a little bit back and forth and a lot of unknown when it comes to competitive magic and the future of competitive magic. Uh, there's been changes for tournament structure, been changes on the expectations players should have. Is alchemy planned to play a part in the future of competitive magic, whatever that might look like? It will certainly play some role. Exactly what that role is going to be, again, um, is the team is looking at how do players engage with alchemy? Um, what types of players engage with alchemy? Is it the mm -hmm. same types of players who um, played in, say, an arena open before? Or are, is it primarily players who kind of dip in and dip out and just like to have fun with the program? Right now, uh, the team certainly is looking at some options for including alchemy. But again, a lot of that's going to be data driven um, based on play and 
um, what we think is best for the format. All righty. Um, that just about wraps us up. Uh, where can our listeners find you to hear more announcements? <laughs> uh, well, you can always find us on weekly MTG on Thursdays at two thirty PM Pacific time. Um, we are the December 16th is our last show of 2021. And then we'll be back in January um, especially once we start ramping up for Neo Kamigawa. Um, other than that, um, I'm, I'm on Twitter, uh, at Blake PR. Uh, it is, it's sort of a weird hybrid personal Twitter account. <laughs> um, I, I use it for work certainly, but it's not an official, I, I, I say it's not official. I do have a blue check mark. Um, it, it's not there, like an but... official work account, but I do talk about work. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the, the Twitterati. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the magic Twitterati. You can definitely ping me on there. Um, and, and I'll respond sometimes as much as I can. Um, we do have community managers that do a lot of that, but I know sometimes I'm, I'm a face of things. And so people just want to talk about stuff and I'm always happy to do so. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure.